0: great to have you uh, joining us online today, everyone. I hope you're having a great Resurrection Sunday so far. Uh, If you don't know me, my name is Matt. I'm the pastor here at Liberty Church. Uh, If you have a Bible with you, if you want to turn to the book of uh, Luke, uh, if you don't have a Bible, just search in Google for Luke chapter 24, and you'll find the verses come up there. Uh, we're going to look at the first 12 verses of the book of Luke. We've been working through a series over the last few months, looking at the different occasions in the Gospel of Luke where Jesus sits down and has a meal with different people. Now, in the passage we're going to read today, that doesn't happen. But as we're going to go through the book of the the chapter 24 of Luke over the next couple of weeks. And you'll see that most of the chapter is split into three sections of morning, uh, afternoon, and evening. Uh, we'll look at those in the coming weeks. The afternoon, Jesus has a meal with his disciples, In the evening he does as well. In the morning, he doesn't, uh, but we're going to call it our breakfast time anyway. So if you have some breakfast with you, then uh, maybe share a quest or get some coffee going. But let me read the first 12 verses to us, and then we'll get into it together says this but on the first day of the week at early dawn they went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb but when they went in they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus while they were perplexed about this and they did not believe them. But Peter rose, and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen clothes by themselves. And he went home, marveling at what had happened. Jesus, we pray as we look at these words together today, this wonderful, hope-filled story of not just good news, best news that there's ever been we pray that uh, this morning this would just like on this very first of mornings this story would penetrate right into our very core and would change us we thank you that to the same resurrection power that raised you from the dead Jesus is the same power you've sent to live in our hearts today to bear witness to you we pray that you would do that Right across the city and beyond, as people tune in today, we ask Holy Spirit that you'd be at work, witnessing to each of us the wonder of our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. In this story that we're going to look at today, we get a a story of new beginnings, a story of a new dawn, a story of a new moment that changes all the other moments Uh, a a time in history that changes all of the rest of history it's a story of new beginnings and it starts we find that the scene here is is in a garden just if you go back to the the very beginning of this book you read the creation story and how all was birthed into the garden of Eden Well. There's a new creation happening here. It's not the Garden of Eden anymore. It's the Garden of Joseph of Arimathea, where his tomb was that Jesus was put into. You can read about how that takes place in Chapter 23 of Luke. But the writer to us here in this this book, what Luke is trying to communicate to us is that just how at the very start of creation, Uh, something was being born, the world was being birthed into being, that a new world is being birthed today in this story, that in this new garden, a new story is being written, a new beginning. And it happens at at daybreak. It says very early at dawn, on the first day of the week, all of a sudden, something's changed, something new is taking place. And for those reading this, uh, in their... The the history of the different religions and cultures around at the time, uh, 2,000 years ago, they would have often understood history as being a one giant long day, a dawn leading to an eternal dusk, that one day everything would kind of crumble and fall and fail away, and there'd be a final dusk that would put an end to all of creation, all of humanity. They often, and within that, they would have understood different periods, different eras in history as, again, being like different days in history. That in the dawn of every new era, every new kingdom that rose up with power, whether it was the Greeks or the Romans or whoever else, that there was a a defeat was already seeded in the dawn. That In the beginning, there was already an, an inevitable failure that was coming. That as every day has its dawn, it also has its dusk, it has its end. All these different periods, eras in history would someday end. Also, we see this beginning of this new story in the very first word of this passage, where Luke starts his chapter by saying, but. And it's fascinating if you read through it, compared to the, the account of Jesus' crucifixion in Chapter 23, something fundamental has changed, even in the, in the tone of the story, the, the energy, the atmosphere of the story. There's a, a dark, bleak, I guess an appropriate horror in the story of the crucifixion, the most brutal death that any human could endure. And the story grips you, but in a, it's almost an, an oppressive violent atmosphere to it but then you suddenly turn the page into chapter 24 and this but kicks off a completely different atmosphere in the story that something has changed something fundamental has sh- shifted the Dutch theologian Johan Bathink said here all things start anew here lies the cradle of the new a new humanity, the start of a new future. Dawn has broken. This wonderful eternal dawn has arrived, and everything has changed. And we live in a world where there are so many false storms around us, whether it's with this COVID, corona season we're living through where we keep having false storms. We keep thinking, we see the light at the end of the tunnel and then something else happens, another variant arises, something else triggers, everything's postponed a little longer. We live in a time of false storms when it comes to different different cultural moments we live through where we declare we're going to make poverty poverty history and then 10, 20 years later we still see so much poverty around us different moments when we say we're going we're to put an end to racism, that's it. that's it, it's over now but then we still see it bubbling up in society around us all the time all the time we live through moments, experiences where humanity almost as one rises up and with one voice declares something's going to change here but there's always a, a defeat in the new dawn. There's always a, almost an inevitable failure that's, that's going to come, because as humanity, we're, we're imperfect. There's a brokenness that we all carry individually and together. There's an inevitable failure that follows all our bright dawns. In every dawn, there's this seed of darkness, except except in one. In this dawn that happened 2,000 years ago, it's a forever dawn that breaks. See, the, the resurrection, it breaks all the different cycles, all the different moments where you think there's a, a bright new dawn coming and then it just cycles round. <laughs> into more destruction and despair, different doom cycles that we live through, the resurrection breaks it. It says in the book of Revelation that Jesus is alive forevermore. He wasn't just alive on this day and for a few days later. Jesus is alive forevermore. He lives eternally right now, ruling over all of his creation. and that's part of the wonder of what it is to be a follower of Jesus to know him is you stand now at the the beginning of the longest day that you get to enjoy eternity with him, you get to enjoy his favour the the sunlight of his favour poured out on your life you get to enjoy it forever and now life doesn't always feel like that life can feel cloudy and grey and overcast, particularly the last year, the last few months. Maybe that's just felt like the tone of your life, just one long, overcast, grey day. You might remember before the season of corona that we used to get on those wonderful machines called airplanes. We used to go on, fly through the sky to places, remember those good old days. Well, you know that experience when you arrive at the airport and it's grey and it's raining because you live in the Netherlands and it's always grey and raining here when you get on a plane but then the plane takes off and you burst through the clouds and you think wow, why is it sunny up here? Where did that come from? And we forget sometimes that above the clouds it's always sunny up there and that's quite a simple picture really but it's true of what it is to be a follower of Jesus that amidst the sometimes the feelings of grayness and overcastness that in Jesus it's always sunny the sunshine of his favor of his goodness is always poured out on his people the sunshine of his love and blessing is always poured out on his creation and with the resurrection, with this new dawn, comes a wonderful security, a wonderful assurance. See, because the resurrection is its central to the Christian faith. We're a people of the cross, and we're a people of the resurrection. We're a people who, for us, every day is Resurrection Sunday. Every day we get to enjoy the blessings and the fruit of what he's achieved for us. In 1 Corinthians 15 the writer there Paul writes if Christ has not been raised your faith is in vain there's something fundamentally important about the resurrection and part of it is because I think there's a bit of a hint of it in this passage where the women come to find the body of the Lord Jesus and he's not there the the stone has been rolled away from the tomb and it says that they were perplexed. I love that word. They were perplexed. But for us, we don't need to come to this story. We don't come to, need to come to Jesus and feel perplexed. We, as they later do, we get to come and have a wonderful assurance, a wonderful security. The angels who are standing there say to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? Why are you coming to this, to this graveyard to find one who's alive? See, because, and then they go on to, to argue and say to them, don't you remember what, what he told you? Don't you remember? And if, you, if we read back through this book of Luke, read all the times that Jesus communicated to his disciples, to his followers, we see again and again he's, He's telling them this wonderful... He's telling them who he is, and they can't see it at that point. And then suddenly in this story, their eyes are opened. See, the resurrection, it makes makes sense of this book. It makes sense of all of Scripture. You can read the book backwards from here, and it all begins to make sense now. All the stories, all the promises, not just that Jesus told his followers, but all the way back through this book, they, they make sense when we realize, yes, Jesus is alive. We go back into the book of Isaiah, for instance, and read about the suffering servant. And then we read this story and read the story of his brutal crucifixion and then his resurrection. And, and, we, and we suddenly realize Isaiah's talking about Jesus. The Psalms, they're talking about Jesus. Again and again, all these, all the, all the, the, the old uh, flawed heroes of the Old Testament from Abraham and Moses to David they're all pointing towards the great better Abraham the better Moses Jesus Christ who fulfills all their stories the book suddenly makes sense when we recognize that Jesus is risen and they, the angels go on and say don't you remember what he told you that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day, rise. See, we have this wonderful good news. It says in Romans 4, He was delivered up for our trespasses. He was raised for our justification. See, the, when you look upon the resurrection, you get proof. Not only in that Jesus was risen, but what that means for you personally. You get proof that, perhaps most wonderfully, that there's, there's nothing left to be done for your sin. So often we, we live with a, an awareness of our weaknesses, of our failings, and all the time we're, even as followers of Jesus, We find ourselves caught in this trap where we we try and prove ourselves faithful, where we we try and do do some good and and we and we bring it to God and say, look at these good things that I've done. Maybe now your, your death can be can be proved, maybe now your love can be vindicated. But the assurance we need, the where we find our, the proof of our justification that we've made, been made right with God is here in this story that Jesus is raised. That's all the evidence you need. You don't need to try and bring anything else to, to God now to, to prove anything. There's nothing left to be done for your sin. It was dealt with at the cross. Jesus said, it is finished and in him being raised from the dead it's as though the father gives an almighty amen to the, it is finished, it's done, it's complete. The English preacher, Martin Lloyd-Jones said that the mightiest foes, the devil, sin, death and hell have already been vanquished at the resurrection of Christ, which is the proof of it. He's he's victorious. We were singing about it already this morning, that Jesus is the victor. He's overcome. He's won this great salvation for us. And in in a world full of anxiety, in a world full of so much insecurity, this is the security you need. This is the only security that you can build your life on that will ever be stable. That Jesus died for you and that he rose again. And in his death and resurrection, you as a foreign Jesus, you died with him and rose with him. That you're now in Christ. That you're now fundamentally secure in him because of what he's done for you. Now, you might, perhaps you're watching this and you're not a follower of Jesus. Maybe you just stumbled across the link today or someone sent you this link to watch. Maybe you've been watching for a little while. Maybe you have questions about the Christian faith. Maybe you have doubts about the Christian faith. Well, there's some good news in this story for you as well because... Because the characters in this story, they, they come to it with their own doubts. When these women come to the tomb, it says that they were bringing with them spices they prepared. What that means is that they, they, as part, they wanted to come and complete the burial ritual. That they had spices that they were going to put on the body to, to finish off the job of his burial, effectively. That's what they're doing. That, that's why they're so perplexed. They're so surprised. Because despite what Jesus had told them, they thought they were living in the aftermath of a, a, a humiliating defeat. They thought they were living in, in, in not a new, beautiful age, but in a harsh, cold future. And they arrived to find a dead body and found the wonderful good news that he's alive. They doubted what Jesus had told them, they forgot. And the same when, when they run to these, the disciples and tell them what's happened. You read in first 11, they said these words seem to them an idle tale and they did not believe them. See, this is, this is good news for you if you come to Jesus this morning with doubts and questions that even in the Bible story they came with their own doubts and questions. It's often said that the resurrection was just, it was just a hoax that Jesus' followers, they pulled off this elaborate hoax. They kind of just whisked away his body to try and make up this story, but they didn't. They doubted just like you doubt. And yet, when they found, when they realized that it was true, that everything Jesus said was going to happen has happened, that he's alive, suddenly their doubts are extinguished. New faith and hope and belief. Comes to them and i want to invite you this morning to you can make that decision in your own heart today to say hey jesus is alive he died again he died and he rose again for me that's wonderful good news for all of us this morning and i want to finish by showing you a, a picture which is going to come up on the screen of a this is of a I don't know how well you can see that, but of a a painting. Someone sent this to me this morning. This is a painting by Eugene Bernard, who was a Swiss painter. He did this about 150 years ago. And it's quite a striking picture. This is Peter and John from John's account of the resurrection, where they're, they're racing towards the tomb. They're doing what it says Peter did here in verse 12. Peter rose and ran to the tomb. And this is what they're doing. They're rising. They're, they're running towards the tomb. And there, there are a few things that are striking about this picture. I mean, first of all, they don't look very Middle Eastern. They look quite European. But, uh, well, excuse our Swiss friend of this. And also, he seems to be running with his arms crossed. I don't know how you run with your arms crossed, unless you're holding a rugby ball or something. That's going to be... He's going to trip over and hurt himself in a minute. But perhaps the most striking thing is the... The look on their faces is this kind of mixture of, of longing and desperation because they've heard this, this news that the women have brought to them and they're thinking, can, can, this, can this really be true? And, you know, I want to have that same desperate hope in my own life. Because there there are so many things at the moment that can call us to hope. You know, there's so many things that we're longing to see happen, whether it's for us to get back to life, to get back to normal, for us to get vaccinated, for us to see family that perhaps you've not seen for so long, so many hopes that we're clinging on to, so many hopes that we're desperately pursuing longing hoping maybe this will happen but i want to have my hope fixed in the resurrected jesus just like peter and john did i want to run to that tomb and you can you can do that today in your heart you can you can run to jesus you can run and see the this empty tomb he's not there anymore he's alive he's risen the wonderful good news the best news for all of us that dawn has already has already broken on our new world the 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 light at the end of the tunnel you're already living in in the the wonderful glow of that today let me pray for us and the band are going to lead us in some songs of worship jesus we thank you for the wonderful good news of your death and resurrection which is just the best news for us. We thank you that it's true. Everything we've read this morning is wonderfully, beautifully, powerfully true. That right now, Jesus, that you're alive in heaven and you've poured out your spirit to come and meet with us this morning. come and call our hearts back to you and whatever you've been running to in, in desperate hope this week whatever you've been trying to cling on to to bring you some sense of joy some some nugget of peace some little glimmer of hope i pray holy spirit that you would draw our hearts to run in hope to you again jesus As we sing right now, our hearts would rise in hope to the risen King, to our Savior, who is wonderfully raised for our justification, raised as a wonderful proof, as security, as this wonderful assurance that you've died for us to take our place, to take the wrath of God upon yourself and to give us in exchange, your righteousness, Thank you for the wonderful good news we have in you. In Jesus' name, amen.